Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and we are not satisfied with one Friday draft podcast. No, no, no. We made you a bunch of money last night, killing it on the props, and we're going to kill it today. Make sure and check out our round one recap show in the feed uh, available. We recorded from 2 to 3.30 in the morning. Uh, hopefully, it didn't turn any new listeners off. I know that it... uh Certainly, in, uh, was appreciated by longtime listeners, uh, because it had some energy to it. Um, now we're going to break down round two props that you can bet on. These are courtesy of William Hill, our friends over there, at Billy Hill. And I'm joined to do this by the one, the only RJ White. What's up, buddy? Not much. How you doing? I'm surprised uh, we're all awake right now. I, I know you, uh, you guys on RJ, for those that don't know, uh, isn't just our gambling savant here. He's also our draft editor, and you guys are killing it on the draft side. Uh, Devo, who is producing this podcast, I have a question for you. What's up? Did you save the audio of Ryan? Potentially. I can't, yes. I can't disclose what's in my secret files, but there were Did you really save some, it? Did you yeah, save it? Yeah. There were some outtakes last night. RJ, I, 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 how long have you known? You've known Ryan Wilson for a long time, right? Uh, yeah. Have you ever heard Ryan get upset about anything, like really upset? It's hard to tell. He's very good at playing the uh, fake upset. <laughs> so. he, he lost it last night. We're like halfway through the video of the, of the podcast, and his audio was bad because the Wi-Fi, for whatever reason where he was, wasn't good. And he lost it, and he went on this like three-minute rant, <laughs> just F-bombs, like flying. Like, fly, like I was – Sean and I were, were on video, and we were keeled over laughing in pain at how like angry Wilson was. I don't – I can't remember – if he was yelling at anybody in particular, he was just sort of cussing about everything. He'd been working from like noon until, uh, you know, 3.30 a.m. He just finally lost it. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, he had that energy last night because we had assigned him a bold predictions piece for today, and uh, he realized the timetable wasn't going to work, so he pinged me at about 2.30 and said, like, <laughs> yeah, that, that it ain't going to happen. And so I'm like, all right, I'll figure something out. Yeah, he was uh, he was losing it on the Wi-Fi. He's like, this bleeping Wi-Fi, blah, 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 blah. It was pretty funny. Anyway, um, let's get to the props. That's what people want. Uh, we have, again, a bunch. Of, it's possible more will be released. William Hill has uh, draft props up from – and by the way, so like it's a, it looks like it's adjusted. So uh, T. Higgins was over under 30.5 on my local uh, coming into round one. He is now 42.5 on William Hill. Uh, there's a bunch of big-name guys who are out there. They're also still first tight end drafted, first safety drafted, position of Mr. Irrelevant. There were no safeties or tight ends drafted in the first round on um, – Thursday night, which team will draft Jalen Hurts first day quarter, first day quarter, day two quarterback to be selected. Um, if there are more released or if you have props from your local 
or whatever else that you want us to ask about, send them to me on Twitter, DM them to me and I will, I will hit you. I will, I will get back to you as soon as possible. Um, and we'll try and make you some money on, uh, on Friday night. RJ, give me, uh, one of your picks that you like. Yeah, I like the over 38 and a half on DeAndre Swift draft position. I think a lot of people had him as the running back one and he wasn't drafted, even though another running back was by the Chiefs at 32, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, going, going under on this, if you were to take the other side of this, it's a very small target to hit right now. The top of the second round is nothing like the top of the first round. Uh, you know, you can pretty much game out about where the top 10 picks are going to go in the first round. Everybody kind of agrees on the top of the, the, uh, the class, but everybody's projections are going to, you know, and their valuations are going to vary wildly at this point. So for us to lose this prop, you got to have a few things happen. You know, one of those teams with the first six picks, that 33 to 38 range, has to be targeting a running back. You know, I don't think someone's going to trade up at this point for a running back because there's so many good guys left on the board. The team that is targeting the running back has to have Swift as their running back one, which, you know, is 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 the favorite to happen. The majority might, but others are going to prefer Jonathan Taylor, someone like J.K. Dobbins. And then that team that was targeting a running back has to not have somebody else that is available now that they didn't think would be. Like, if you take Detroit as a possible running back team at 35, well, they passed on Derrick Brown at the top of the draft, and now that second tier of defensive linemen, they're all still out there. You know, the guys like Blacklock and Gallimore and Marlon Davidson, they can circle back and get one of these guys at 35 that they weren't expecting to, to be available at this point. So if if all those things, you know, line up, maybe a running back goes, but I just think at minus 110, we're getting a great price on Swift not to go in the first six picks here mm. yeah i mean and and look it is like swift is, i think a lot of people thought swift was the best running back by the way i am so mad at myself how many times did i say on the prop shows like i kind of like clyde Edwards hilarious as the first running back but it's just not enough value at three to one i feel like i said that 12 times uh and i almost mocked him at 32 to the chiefs and i i i, I wussed out uh and i'm sort of i'm sort of still miffed at myself but um yeah i mean i think I, I think that's a good call. These these running backs are closer together than people uh, give them credit for, and you can probably find some value in, in avoiding DeAndre Swift. Additionally, it's like uh, first day two running back to be selected. DeAndre Swift is minus two eighty. Jonathan Taylor is plus two fifty. Like that doesn't. I, I don't. I don't see that lining up. I will say that unfortunately, because the Chargers traded up, I, I had them pegged to take a running back. Um, you know, at uh, 37 before they traded up with the uh, with the they traded 37, yeah, with the New England Patriots, right? Um, yeah. And I thought they would take Jonathan Taylor there. I just don't. I think maybe 30. Yeah, I don't. I I I like that over for Swift. 39 is the landing spot I would be looking at for the first running back off the board. I mean, look who's look who's coming up here. I mean, the Bengals, the Colts, the Lions, Giants, Patriots. Why I don't I don't I don't see or the Panthers I don't see one of those teams taking a running back. Uh, Bill O'Brien might do it at forty. Um, man, there is yeah some- I, I do like you. You mentioned thirty nine the Dolphins. I mean a lot of we thought that if they kept all of their picks they might use that third first rounder on a running back. Instead they used it on a cornerback no Igbenogany. They're doing the Patriots thing of loading up on on their cornerback room. Uh, so now that they didn't do that you could easily see one of their their round two picks being a running back. So Swift at 39 seems to be like the first logical spot for him. So that would cash the over. It wouldn't cash it by much, but cash is a cash. Yeah, all you need to get is 39. The only thing I would really worry about here, 
and it would be the Buccaneers who are at 45, maybe trading up in front of the Dolphins. But if Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift are on the board and you have the Bears, Jaguars, and Browns in front, like there's just not a ton of teams who are taking a running back here. So I, I think, I think take the over on these running backs. We anticipate some of them to come off the board or, you know, in the second round, but there, there's a lot of good players not who are not running backs on the board right now. I don't think we're going to see running backs early and often. I think they might come later. And, uh, I like, I like the over on that as well. I, I shoot, I would take the over on Jonathan Taylor at 45 and a half. I'll throw that out there as well. I think that you could certainly see him go sooner than that. Um, but you know, the Buccaneers at 45, maybe that's the first landing spot if he didn't go to Miami at 39. Yeah, and I think over on all these things that you're seeing over unders, over is the smart bet for most of them. Kenny was saying it in our, in our earlier, th- in our earlier show, um, that, you know, valuations are going to, are going to change. There's going to be some surprise names. You know, if you look at the group of best available players, uh, even if you go to top 20, there's going to be guys that aren't on that list that are drafted in the first three or four picks, you know, that, that were like, whoa, well, I didn't, I didn't realize, you know, so and so would get drafted this high. I thought he'd be a, a 90 to 100 pick and instead he's, he's going 40. So then when that happens, it just pushes the these over props is more and more likely. So if you were to take all the over props, you're probably going to hit them more fifty more than fifty percent of the time. Yeah, I, I mean, I see two landing spots for a running back. In uh, I'll say three landing spots for a running back. I don't think the Rams will take one at fifty seven. The Dolphins are at fifty six. The Bills are at fifty four. The Rams also have fifty two. So I guess they could do it there. I really think they like Daryl Henderson. So I don't see a running back. I don't think the Steelers will take a running back at forty nine. Although I guess I, I could be wrong there. Um, I think, I think Tampa, if you can get past Miami and Tampa, you have a real chance to cash these running back over props. So I would look at maybe targeting all three of the guys that are on the board here, uh, at, uh, at William Hill. DeAndre Swift over 38 and a half. Jonathan Taylor over 45 and a half. J.K. Dobbins over 52 and a half. If somebody likes him, I know you mentioned him as a decent uh, guy to, to be the first running back taken, uh, 10 to 1. You know, if somebody likes him, 52 and a half is deep. Um, do you have any thoughts on this first day two running back to be selected? Swift minus 280, Taylor plus 250, Dobbins 5 to 1, and Cam Akers 12 to 1. Um, of that group, I think Taylor's probably the best uh, value there. Uh, I think Swift is the favorite. I wouldn't make him that big a favorite. I do like Dobbins, but I liked getting him. I think it was eight to one before, you know, and and it's five to one now. It's a little bit less. So I think playing both of those, and you know, you you have a good shot at hitting one of them. Uh, but I wouldn't make it a huge huge play because I do think that Swift is probably the favorite, just not you know the prohibitive sixty five to seventy percent favorite that those odds would make you believe. Uh, three quarterbacks on the board as well at William Hill. Jalen Hurts over under 55 and a half, uh, heavily shaded to the under at minus 150. Uh, Jacob Eason over under 49 and a half and Jake Fromm over under 69 and a half. You like any of those? Yeah, I think you could, you know, I was saying earlier, go overs on these. And I, so I think any of those would be a decent play, but my favorite is Jake Fromm over 69 and a half. You know, Kenny White was all over this prop when we talked earlier this week uh, on the show and I'm all aboard. The first day two quarterback prop indicates that Fromm is a heavy underdog to come off the board early. I believe uh, Jacob Eason is a slight favorite over Jalen Hurts in that prop at William Hill. And then Fromm is like six to one. So we don't expect him to be anywhere near the first quarterback drafted on, on day two. And that means that, you know, how deep is he going to go? I mean, the knock on him is he doesn't have 
have the measurables to make it as a starting quarterback. And so while many quarterback coaches might love him and might love his fit in the quarterback room, that's not a guy you take in round two when you've only taken none or one prospect for a lot of these teams. And they're still looking to fill key issue, key, key play, key, uh, uh, positions of need with players that are going to help them in year one. So, And I even think that a guy like James Morgan from Florida International, I mean, he's that type of player as from, but I think he has a, a better chance of paying off because he does have better measurables, a bigger arm, you know, a bigger hand size, and all those things that they worry about with Fromm. So he might not have quite the intangibles of Fromm, but if somebody likes Fromm, I mean, wait a round or two and just take take Morgan. So I think Fromm could go in the 100s as opposed to the the second round is what if you're taking the under here you're probably picking them to take second round because there's only what like three or four picks after that when you get into the third round to hit the uh, under on 69 and a half so yeah i love the over here with from yeah uh, i also love the over on eason i hammered the the over on eason before the draft and i mentioned that at uh i think 64 and a half i like that a lot um now it's just gonna be 40 i think uh, what was it let me see what i have i got it at 40 45 and a half. It is now 49 and a half. I have no problem taking it 49 and a half. I think when you look at this quarterback class and the top ranked guys, as you mentioned, uh, you know, there's the three guys that are listed. Jacob Eason, who is Wilson's, uh, for, or the CBS's 44th overall player. Jalen Hurts at 100. Jay Fromm at 123 and James Morgan at 171. I want to just tell you, there's not going to be a, a quarterback taken in the second round. These guys are not second round quarterbacks. I, I know Eason has all the physical skill sets, uh, that, that you could possibly ask for, but I just don't think that one of these guys gets taken in the second round. Maybe Eason on the backside. The, RJ, there are too many good players out there right now. Like, yeah, I can, I can buy that. I believe in my seven round mock, I did have Eason going in the third round and Fromm in the fourth round and I believe Morgan in the fifth round. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I also agree. I think you're looking at different positions at this point. Like, when you start to, when you get down to where Jacob Eason is ranked in terms of our CBS rankings, you also have Ezra Cleveland, two picks, like two spots behind him. The, the, uh, the, the excuse me, my wife is trying to FaceTime me. Um, denied. Uh, you have Marlon Davidson. You have Curtis Weaver. You have Bryce Hall, Jeremy Chid, Michael Pittman Jr., Anton Winfield Jr., Carby Cole, like, Cole Komet. I mean, there, there are so many good players on here. Kyle Duggar. I mean, this is a loaded, uh, draft class. It, it, it doesn't make any sense to take a quarterback in the second round when somebody will, all these guys will be there in the third. Yeah, I think you only take one in the second round is if you have plans on him to eventually be your starter. And we saw this offseason, there was a lot of quarterback movement. So I think a lot of these teams are pretty satisfied with where they are at quarterback over the next two to three years. So if that's the case and four others went off the board in round one, why are you going to reach for a quarterback at this point? Yeah, I think if you can get if you can get your hands on these quarterback or running back props, take the over on all of them. Um, and uh, let's see, was there a quarterback? They have not posted a first quarterback to be selected. Uh, the odds would probably favor Jacob Eason. Well, they actually have it up on um, on William Hill. And when it opened, Jacob Eason was the favorite. Uh, he, he was like my. Oh, yeah, first I day, sorry, I missed it. Yeah, first day, day two quarterback to be selected. Oh, it would be Jalen Hurts, right? Uh, that's what it is now. The Jacob Eason opened as the favorite, I believe. He was, he was like minus 120, minus 130, somewhere around there. Hertz was around plus 150, and then Fromm was plus 600. As of we're recording now, that it's switched. Jalen Hertz is now the favorite at minus 150. Jacob Eason's plus 120. Fromm is at plus 500. So it seems like there's a lot of action on Hertz. A lot of people, you know, kind of picking up on him as a potential guy to be the first quarterback selected when i did my my uh bold predictions I, I took over that article for wilson like i was saying at 2 30 uh, i put out a 
uh, Hurts as a bold prediction to be the first quarterback drafted because I think people would expect it to be Eason. But now it seems like the odds are lining up for that. It seems like maybe somebody knows something that a, a team is is, uh, is targeting Hurts in the second round. Yeah, actually, you know what? I, I said take all the quarterbacks. Don't take don't take the Hurts over. 52 and a half. I think he could actually go. Um, it's it's plus money. But I think Eason and Fromm are – you hammer them. Wait, geez, these just changed completely. Eason just moved to 52 and a half. Yeah, it seems, it seems like people. Yeah, people. It seems like people are down on Easton and thinking Hertz is going to go higher. Do you think that the Patriots at thirty-seven are the team that's going to take Hertz? No, no. It seems like that's where some people are kind of connecting them, thinking that with his intelligence and, and what he brings to the table, that they might like him and kind of go a different way than they than they have at quarterback for a while. I mean, they could. I, I just think that when if you're the Patriots, they traded down from. 23 to 37 and they got 71 from the Chargers which are a very nice pick in, in return. I think there are too many good players. Like I just think that hurts you you don't like you just don't see Belichick draft for need. Um and I mean look he, he loves Nick Saban but I mean like Xavier McKinney, Yader Grossmatos, Yader Grossmatos is still on the board. Like is he really going to take Gross like Hurts over Grossmatos or, or Ross Ross Blacklock or Yeah, I, I don't know. And then, you know, when I wrote up my sports article, this kind of ties into my next prop. The reason you trade down, I think if you're Belichick from 23 to 37, not just picking up picks, which we know he likes to do, but he was picking at 23 and then he was picking again at 87. So if you think that the guy that you want, nobody's going to take him between 23 and 37, but there's probably not a chance he's on the board by 87. Yep. That's why you trade down. And to me, the, you know, Hertz is a guy that, that applies to that. So okay. not necessarily that he wants a quarterback, but that would fit that methodology of nobody's going to take him. You shouldn't take him at 23. Nobody's going to take him, you know, if you trade back 15 picks, 14 picks, whatever, but he's probably not going to be on the board at 87. So you could do that. Um, Time hey, by, 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 by the way, Belichick mentioned that on his in his pre-draft availability. He said he's like, like somebody asked him like, yeah, you got twenty three and eighty seven. He's like, yeah, that's a long time between picks. You know, yeah. like that's he doesn't like having that long between picks because if somebody somebody like you can't make a move for somebody you really want. Um, we're gonna make a move very quickly, RJ, to take a break. But when we come back, RJ will tell you, ta- tell you. I don't know, I just look like a redneck. RJ will tell you what team will draft Jalen Hurts. It was a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Or at least what team might be good value to draft Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I think it's a great strategy to take some of these long shot bets at the, the positions where, at the, the props that have a lot of different options. And, um, in this one, the team to draft Jalen Hurts, the last one on the board is the Ravens at plus 1500. Um, you know, no one really has any clarity on how the rest of the draft's going to go. And I don't understand why the Ravens would be three times less likely to take Hurts as the teams listed at plus 450, which, you know, the favorite is the field, I believe, at plus 300. And then you get Patriots, Raiders, and Steelers as, as kind of the co-favorites of teams to take him. Um, so just take the Ravens. I mean, it's it's not that big a gap between what's likely to happen between those teams and them. It might even be more likely for them to take Hurts than a standard team, considering the style of their play with the quarterback one, considering a lot of people have speculated that'd be a great fit going into the draft. And uh, and I think Peter King in his mock draft, he didn't mock Hurts uh, to the Ravens. He only did one round, but he did say, uh, you know, players to watch on day two uh, that could land on certain spots. And he did put connect Hurts to the Ravens in that sense. So if Peter King 
Manning saying it, maybe he knows a little bit something there. You know, and also helping the Ravens case, they didn't have to trade up in round one to land the perfect fit to address what they wanted to do on day one, and that was get a, an impact linebacker. They were able to get that with Patrick Queen. Not having to trade up means they still have four day two picks in their pocket heading into Friday, and that's the range we think Hurts is going to go. He's going to go sometime in day two. They have 55 and 60 and two other picks on in round three. Uh, they could certainly use one of those on Hurts, especially after there was buzz earlier in the offseason. Robert Griffin was on the trade block. So I could see wanting to trade Griffin uh, and then circling around and coming and get Hurts at, at 55 or 60. Yeah. Um, I mean, he does. He, you know, you saw Hurts in Lincoln Riley's offense last, last year. I mean, he runs a lot. Like he's not a, um, you know, he's not a guy that, uh, that is a passer first. That's the other reason why I don't think Belichick will take him, but that's just me. Um, I like the, uh, I would probably still take the over on, uh, on, on T Higgins at 42 and a half, honestly. I know that's, you know, you're paying a premium of sorts because you're, you, but you already got through 32 picks. I just don't know that he's one of the first 11 guys off the board. I think that, uh, I think that people look at his speed and I think that there are a couple wide receivers, including LaVisca Chenault, who granted had surgery and Denzel Mims, who will go before him. And I think you'd even make a case that Michael Pittman goes before him. There are enough edge guys out there between Gross Matos and Epinesa. Plus you add in maybe one running back, Trevon Diggs, Christian Fulton. I don't think T. Higgins is one of the first uh, 10 picks off the board in round two. So I will take the over on him as well. Yeah, it kind of depends on what you're looking for at the receiver position. You know, we saw that speed was kind of the name of the game late in round one with teams drafting Rager and Ayuk and kind of guys like that. Uh, so if you're looking for that big body red zone type of weapon, maybe T. Higgins is the guy you like. You could see him being a fit for the Colts, give him a, giving Philip Rivers a big target to go uh, with what he has there. Uh, but do they do that at 34 or do they wait and do that with their second pick? Because these, like you said, there's a bunch of options on the board. So I would like the Colts to go with a Gross Matos or, or, you know, one of these safe at 34 and then circle back at 44 and take either Higgins or Pittman if they're there and even if they're not you know just take a receiver that doesn't fit that that complete mold you get you wanted you know I'd still be fine with a Chenault or Mims at that point um so yeah I, I do agree you could still wait on some receivers <clears throat> so yeah uh take the over on that one all right like the over on T Higgins um I also think uh, RJ and I both have props for first tight end drafted. I'm going to die on the Colby Parkinson uh, bandwagon that Pete Prisco got me on. Six seven tight end out of Stanford, athletic basketball background. He is thirty to one. I took him at uh forty nine to one before the draft to be the first tight end taken. He is now thirty to one. Uh, you know, that's just the odds just condense a little bit when you get here. Although Cole Komet was minus. Uh, I think minus three, 333 before the draft, now minus 450, expected to be first tight end taken. There, Thaddeus Moss, I don't like the odds there, 14 to 1, overrated because of his last name. He played at NC State, he's fine, and then LSU. Um, uh, Harrison Bryant, 12 to 1, I don't mind that, although he's mostly an inline blocker, I think, right, coming out of FAU. Um, and then you, you have another tight end you're looking at. Yeah, Harrison Bryant's pretty well-rounded. Uh, he won the award, I believe, for best overall tight end uh, in colleges last year. So if you want a guy that is well-rounded, that's kind of I liked him as a sleeper earlier in the process. I believe I might have uh, offered him up at like fifteen to one way back. Uh, this time, I like Adam Trotman, a plus three, plus four fifty. He's the second behind Komet. You know, at this point, I'm like going with long shots in these props. Boards are going to vary wildly among teams. They're going to be targeting different players at these positions. So while you know Komet is the favorite to be drafted first, I, I understand that. 
I'm not sure there's much daylight between him and Troutman or even some of the other guys. You said Parkinson, Asiasi's one, you know, just that, that kind of thing. But what makes me like Troutman specifically here, I alluded to this earlier, is the Patriots factor. He seems like the perfect kind of tight end that they would want to add to their stable and they need at that position. And uh, they did meet with him at the combine, so that's something. And then with New England trading all the way back to 37 from 23, I mentioned you do that if you if you know that nobody's taking the guy you want, you know, between those two spots and you can just pick up something of value to move back. Troutman, nobody was taking in the first round. Nobody's probably taking in these first few picks. So if they they wanted him with their first pick, you know, why not move back and get that value knowing you're still going to be able to get him at 37. So I do think that the Patriots factor is, is a big key here into going with a long shot play at Troutman. I'm not sure they take him at 37 for sure. Maybe they could wait till 71. Maybe, maybe I'm off base with this completely, but uh, I think it has to be, uh, you know, included in your analysis of this prop. All right. Uh, additionally, first safety drafted. Uh, this is one I was banging the, we were, well, we were banging the, the, the drum on, I guess. Uh, Jeremy Chin still five to one. I can't believe it. Uh, Xavier McKinney minus 280, Grant Delpit plus 270, Antoine Winfield, my guy at, uh, eight to one and Ashton Davis now down to 15 to one. You like anything in terms of the safeties? I would lean towards Chin at five to one. I think there's still value. Like you can still squeeze that lemon. I, I, I understand that Xavier McKinney went to Alabama. He's the top rated safety on most boards. I understand why he's favored, that it makes total sense. He shouldn't be favored. He's not the best safety in this class. Grant Delpit is plus 270. He is not the best safety in this class either. I think Chen or Winfield or Ashton Davis are one of the first three guys off the board. I, I, I don't even mind what we talked about in the podcast before where you sprinkle a little bit on all three guys here. Yeah, I don't like the value we're getting. All of those odds came down on us, so right. I liked what we got early on. Um, I don't think you can bet McKinney at minus 280. The, the value no. just isn't isn't there at that point. <clears throat> I do like him better than some of these other guys. I just don't think that the gap is that big. And, uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, valuations are going to be all over the board, so you just don't know which team is going to fall in love with one of those guys. If you just look at the the value on all of these, I think the best value is probably at Chin at 5-1. to one. I'd say he has a better chance of being the first safety than, you know, a guy like Ashton Davis, who I loved at 30 three to one 15 to one is still pretty solid but uh, i think we're giving away a little bit too much value there so uh, i'd probably go chin in this prop all right what about uh the mr irrelevant position hello a little spicy this is the, of course mr irrelevant the final uh pick taken in the 2020 nfl or every every year of the nfl draft they have a big parade it's weird uh is there a position that you like here yeah, the favorite in this prop is wide receiver tight end at plus 500, then running back or fullback at plus 600, then you get to the other positions. You know, the team that has this pick right now is the Giants, and if you look back at the Giants draft history over the last few years, they really like to take offensive and defensive linemen late in the draft, you know, their last pick. And you I can't last- trade out of this pick, right? You can trade, yeah. You used to not be able to trade compensatory, but I think four years ago, three or four years ago. No, they, I thought there was a rule about not trading Mr. Irrelevant. Nobody – see, or maybe it's – people like the Mr. Irrelevant pick. They like having the Mr. Mr. Irrelevant on there. They like having the final pick of the draft. It's a big deal. You get to trot him out there. He goes to a parade, et cetera. So, like, typically speaking, the team that has that pick doesn't trade it. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, they uh, the, you can trade it. They're going to do the parade no matter what. So I don't. It's not really dependent on the team. So so I don't think it really matters. So I do think like 
between those two offensive line, defensive line, I like the defensive line better in this prop at plus 650. They got Andrew Thomas at number four. They have their tackle locked down. They probably feel better about their, about that position with the depth they have. So I could see them circling back and taking a defensive lineman where, you know, they love to take those big body defensive linemen anyway, or taking an edge. They need to improve their depth at edge anyway. So you can get both of those in one prop, defensive line or edge at plus 650. I like it. My random name to throw out there uh, as the guy that they will take is Derek Tuzka. He's a player from North Dakota State, small schooler. In a normal year, the buzz would have built. People would be able to have him in for workouts, done more homework on him, could have found that he he fits what they want better. But I think right now he's kind of a tweener, and, and teams don't know whether they could use him or not, where they're going to use him. I do think he might have a special teams role, and then you develop him and see if he fits your scheme as a 3-4 outside linebacker or 4-3 and however you want to use him. And the Giants have done their homework on him. They were the first team he mentioned in a list of teams when he was giving an interview on SB Nation talking about who he's had virtual visits with. Uh, you know, He had listed, I don't know, six or seven teams, and the Giants were the first one. So I do think that could be a target for them late in this draft, and he could slip for than he would have otherwise done in a normal year. Okay, so this is an article from uh, 2017, so I'm assuming it's still in place, but the uh, Salada rule, do you know about this? Mm-mm. Back in the 70s, the Rams and Steelers fought over the last pick because they each wanted to draft Mr. Irrelevant um, because of Paul Salada, former NFL player turned businessman who established a special week-long celebration in Newport Beach named Irrelevant Week. Um, and so they were like, not drafting. They were skip. They were like letting their turns pass and refusing to draft in order to get the final pick of the draft to have Mr. Relevant. So I don't know what the I'll, I'll, I'm sure you can trade it. But the point being is teams like to hold on to it. Uh, and RJ, if you if you nail your actual Mr. Relevant selection, we will reward you with one free subscription to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> one year's worth of of, of uh, podcasting. I like it. Um, uh, you know, again. You got to go with the hog molly here. Maybe you can splash a little bit on offensive line and defensive line. Uh, anything else that we left out prop wise? I think that covers it, right? Uh, pretty much. There's one that I'm seeing now that I didn't see earlier. Julian Oquara over under 46 and a half. I think takes oh. the over over there. Um, I don't think that he's the best edge rusher left by far. I think he might not even be in the top five of the edge rushers by far. Gross Matos, we thought would go in the first round. He's still available. Epinesa, somebody's going to love his fit at some point. Tara Lewis has gotten some buzz. Curtis Weaver, I think, is a fit for a lot of teams. Josh Uche showed up on on the end of the first round uh, of some of these mock drafts leading up to the draft. Even Jonathan Greenard was kind of getting a little bit of buzz. Uh, I think all those guys could go above Oquara. So even if people are targeting edges in the first half of, this, of, the, of uh, the second round, I'm not sure he actually goes off the board. So I think the over there, hammer that one. I think uh, our our friends at William Hill are actually putting these props up as we are recording this podcast. So um, I I would also add, too, like I think if you look at Xavier McKinney, they have established his over-under at 40-and-a-half. If you think Xavier McKinney is going to be the first safety drafted, then take his under at 40-and-a-half instead of taking him at minus 230. Because over 280 or whatever it is, it's minus 135 to take the under. I would take the over on McKinney. Again, I think he's overrated based on the fact that he went to Alabama and has big name value. There are plenty of safeties on the board, and I think teams could go in a different direction. I don't know that he'll be one of the first uh, so what, seven picks in the draft. I would take the over there. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. just got added as well, over under 47.5. I don't hate that under, I guess. 
Yeah, uh, you know, it's hard to pinpoint when some of these guys will be drafted, but I do like him. I think I liked him, you know, better than a lot of people did. I think when you were talking about potential first round receivers, there were like an eight to nine names that got mentioned, and then he was kind of thrown into the, oh yeah, he belongs in the tier with those guys too, even though he's yeah. not going to go in round one. But so I think that kind of defaults people into thinking that he's at the bottom of that tier. He's the 10th or 11th best guy. I don't think that at all. I think that he brings a little bit different skill profile than a guy like Chenault or Ayuk or Rager or some of these other guys. So if you're looking for this big red zone weapon it goes up and catches everything maybe isn't going to burn people down down the field but you know you can trust him as a, as a wide as a quarterback once he develops into a receiver i think that's the kind of guy you want so if we're looking at one under out of all these i kind of like him i just think he fits that profile but you know for the most part defaulting to the over but i do like him as a prospect if you're gonna if you're ta- if you're if you're desperate to take an over under on a wide receiver go with the under on michael pittman versus the under on t higgins you get five free draft slots and, and probably a better player all right there's there probably some more props popping up if you got questions about them holler at me on twitter at will brinson or at rj white one and make sure you're following the pick six pod on twitter as well we'll be back after friday's action to recap the stay two draft thanks for listening